Today on the newscast, the fallout continues from that massive attack against Iran's main nuclear site. The Iranian regime is vowing revenge against Israel. So how will Iran retaliate? Get my take coming up. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. We are getting some brand new details about that major attack against Iran's main nuclear installation, the Natanz nuclear facility, which took place on Sunday, April 11th. Now, we told you here on yesterday's newscast, you can check it out in our archives here on YouTube, we told you that this appeared to be a cyber attack. That's what observers, analysts, and experts initially thought. Of course, Iran blamed Israel and is vowing revenge. More on that in a minute. Israel has not claimed responsibility. That is their M.O., when such an operation occurs, Israel rarely will claim responsibility for it, but this appears to be an Israeli operation. All that said, it now does not appear to be a cyber attack. Iranian officials today said that there was a major blast at Natanz. Now, we did report yesterday that an explosion was present at the site or occurred at the site, but Iranian officials are saying that a blast took place. And remember, folks, a good deal of this Natanz facility is buried deep underground in order to protect it from potential airstrikes. Well, this blast took place underground. Iranian officials believe that somehow an explosive device was smuggled into this Natanz nuclear site and most likely detonated remotely. Now, it caused a major blast, number one, but after that, after the initial explosion, there were secondary explosions, which caused even more damage. There was a complete blackout at the site. Its main electrical system was destroyed and also the backup electrical system. And then we had a number of advanced centrifuges also destroyed. Now, centrifuges are used to enrich uranium, which is used to build a nuclear bomb. But... The retaliation is what everyone is talking about because, again, Iran has vowed revenge right away. Today, we see the first signs of what this retaliation could look like. The Iranian regime told the UN that they will now enrich uranium up to 60%. Folks, that's the highest levels that Iran has ever enriched uranium at. It was dangerous enough and concerning, concerning enough to the world and to Israel, of course, to the United States, when Iran was enriching uranium at a 20% level. Now it's all the way up to 60%. Not only that, Iran also told the UN today that they will now add 1,000 new centrifuges, which again are used to enrich uranium, which goes on to make a bomb. They will install 1,000, 1,000 new centrifuges at that Natanz nuclear site. Key point here, ladies and gentlemen, the site has been set back probably several months. Massive damage was done. That's a good thing, but it is not, it has not been completely destroyed. Uh, number two, in terms of potential retaliation, keep an eye on Iranian cyber warfare and cyber attacks. Now, Back in the spring of 2020, late spring, April, also June of 2020, we reported it here on the Watchman newscast, we saw an Iranian cyber attack against, two cyber attacks against Israel's water supply. Now, 
Iran attempting to obviously damage Israel's water supply, poison it, could cause a lot of harm to the average Israeli civilian who is drinking that water. Uh, so that is a major, major deal and a possibility, some kind of Iranian cyber uh, hacking. That is another scenario that Israel has to be concerned about. Then we have a long Iranian track record of targeting Israeli and Jewish targets abroad, not inside Israel proper. I can give you a few quick examples, folks, off the bat. 1992 and 1994 in Argentina. The Iranian regime struck the Israeli embassy there and also a Jewish community center overall in those two deadly attacks, killing over 100 people. So we have the Latin American model. Uh, embassies obviously always a target. February of this year, we saw Iran, an Iranian-linked group, uh, plant an explosive device outside the Israeli embassy in New Delhi, India. Thankfully, no one was hurt. It was not successful. I also think back to 2012 in Bulgaria, a busload of Israeli tourists attacked by a Hezbollah suicide bomber who blew himself up on this bus. I believe he killed 11 Israeli citizens in that terror attack. So again, these were attacks that did not target Israel proper, but they targeted Israeli and Jewish targets around the globe. That is certainly a serious threat. Now, one other thing to keep in mind here, this week, Israeli intelligence services issued a warning to Israeli citizens about Iranian attempts to lure Israelis overseas. What Iran is doing is creating fake Instagram accounts where they are offering Israelis, I, I suppose they are reaching out to Israelis, offering them business opportunities or romantic possibilities in other nations around the world. And what the Iranian regime wants to do and its agents is to lure Israeli citizens to some other locale around the world to either kidnap them or harm them. Pretty diabolical. Israeli intelligence services, again, are warning about this. That is another potential avenue of retaliation. And then we get to the really big possibilities, folks. Could Iran, in a limited capacity, fire rockets or missiles at Israel? What do I mean by limited? We've talked about here on the newscast the ring of fire that Iran has surrounded Israel with. We have Hezbollah to the north in southern Lebanon at Israel's doorstep, at least 150,000 rockets and missiles pointed at every inch of the Jewish state. Then we have in Syria, on Israel's northeastern border, again, a number of Iranian proxy groups, including Hezbollah, including the Iranian regime itself, present in Syria, armed to the teeth. And the big concern there, these precision-guided munitions we've talked about many times here in the newscast, which do exactly what their name says. They will hit targets inside Israel with great precision. That's another scenario. So Hezbollah, uh, Syria. Then we have, obviously, to the southwest, Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad, two other Iranian proxies, altogether probably at least 10,000 rockets in their possession. And by the way, all of these entities as well have attack drones, which can be packed with explosives too. Then we add to the Deep South, the Houthis in Yemen, a, a large and growing arsenal of rockets, missiles, and attack drones supplied by their Iranian master. And lastly, to the east of Israel, we have... Iranian-backed Shia militias in Iraq. Now, we've seen them time and time again over the past few years. 
fire rockets at U.S. personnel inside Iraq. Israeli intelligence officials are very concerned that some of those rockets could find their way to Israel. In February 2018, Iran flew a drone packed with explosives into northern Israel in the Golan Heights area. That drone was shot down by the Israel Defense Forces, and Israel responded with overwhelming force, striking a number of Iranian targets and military installations inside Syria in response. That's where the drone came from. It came from Syrian soil, where Iran again has a major foothold. Secondly, May 2018, a few months later, I was actually in Israel on the ground when this happened. Iran fired over 30 rockets and missiles into Israeli territory. A pretty bold move. The first ever direct attack by Iran against Israel. Always, usually, Iran operates through proxy. This was a direct attack. Thankfully, Iron Dome, Israel's missile defense system, shot down a good number of these rockets. Also, they just didn't hit their target. They missed their mark. No casualties, no one hurt, no damage in Israel. But again, Israel responded with very serious force to this attack on its sovereign territory. Again, striking Iran and its assets very hard inside Syria, where those rockets and missiles originated from. So I'm sure that Iran is still licking its wounds from those exchanges three years ago and thinking about that as they measure what their potential retaliation will be. But folks, the Middle East right now is a tinderbox without a doubt, and we can expect the unexpected in the world's most volatile and chaotic region. That war might not happen just yet, but it may be right around the corner, and any seemingly small incident could spark it. So, hey, anything is possible. That looks unlikely. If you're in Iran's shoes, do they really want to go all out just yet and put all their assets on the line? Because Israel, to say Iran will lose and lose badly in an all-out exchange with Israel is an understatement. I can tell you that Israel's next war with Hezbollah, for instance, will be Hezbollah's last war. I believe that Israel will decisively eliminate that Hezbollah threat once and for all, and I believe it is coming. We've called it here in the newscast, the Great Northern War. It's a question not of if, but when. So it is coming, and it is, again, a potential scenario. The more likely scenarios in the short term, I believe, are what I laid out, cyber, shipping, Israeli Jewish targets abroad, perhaps even some limited drone or missile activity. God forbid that any of this happens, folks, obviously. But we think here at the Watchman Newscast, you'd rather know than not know. This is why we do what we do. You know, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So we want you to be in the know for such a time as this in these Bible times in which we are living. As a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, I see this as an opportunity to be a light in the darkness, to be salt and light like the Word of God commands us to do as believers. So we will keep doing what we do, and we hope this is helping you to better understand the world's most strategic region in these prophetic Bible times in which we are living. Hang in there and be encouraged, because God Almighty still sits on the throne. Hey, thanks for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you, and remember, never... Hold your peace.